No music. No cold open. We'll get those eventually. But we just need to get right into it. We're back from Vegas. Made it in last night. Got a full night's sleep. Action is flying this morning. Trying to write the newsletter. Trying to get in prop bets. Trying to look at my 2v2s. Trying to come to grips with the fact that I bet Mike Davis receiving prop overs. How are we doing, guys? Week one. Week one. Harbs doesn't want me to play Rondell Moore when you can play Quez Watkins. Look, I get it. You know, Rondell Moore is probably going to be fairly popular. Although I do think Elijah Moore should take some of the heat off of Rondell Moore's ownership. But Harbs, at the end of the day, DFS has to be fun. And that includes me playing Rondell Moore in a couple of my lineups, okay? My my current uh, GPP shells, I'm probably only going to play a couple lineups today. They're very, very contrarian. Uh, Rondell Moore will probably be my chalkiest guy uh, in my lineups. Um, Clay, how we doing? You feeling good? I'm feeling good. To Trey Lance or not, oh my God, Liam. I- I'm proud of you, Liam, to have a non-Buffalo Bills hot take. That shows growth. That's really growth. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hand builders. Yes, my hands are ready. Unlike Evan Silva, I will show you my hard-worn hands. You can see the calluses. Some might say these are from a deadlift hex bar. No, these are from hand-building lineups. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. So the plan for this show is going to be 30 to 40 minute show on Sundays. I want to kind of walk through final decision points, obviously having a bent toward GPPs, all of the, uh, the contrarian plays we're looking at, we can build a lineup. Uh, we can look at the run the Sims tools. If we want to check out, uh, the range finder, all of that good stuff. Um, one of the things I'm excited about this year, as far as, um, just sharing, my process with you guys as I think about stuff and I continue to work with run the Sims on this screener up here, which is technically the optimizer, but as a hand builder, I'm using it as a screener and looking at the simple things I like to look at, which is projected ceiling here, which is how I have it sorted. Um, and then comparing that to ownership, we have the boom rate, the opto rate in here, and, uh, we will just walk through this together. If you guys have questions, we can bounce ideas off of each other, all of that good stuff. This is why I, I told you guys to come here to tell me not to play Rondell Moore. Let's, let's see what ownership we have him projected at right now. If we sort by ownership, see, okay. So we have Elijah and Rondell both at 15% here. I'm curious what the boys at ETR have it as as well. What do we have the Moors at? They have Rondell at 16 and Elijah at 29. So I I, I think it definitely is going to skew more toward the Elijah side. Everyone's just with Crowder out. Everyone's going to be so excited to play Elijah more. Um, let's see here. So Rondell Moore, you know, some of these guys, like to me, Marquez Calloway is just one of the easiest tournament fades of all time um, at this kind of ownership. Uh, I think that's just out of control uh, a little bit. Um, 
one of the things I like to do to just really start to see where the leverage plays are, I'm sorting by ceiling here and then looking at projected own. Uh, you know, I think all three of these top wide receivers are clearly going to catch a, a decent amount of ownership. Um, I still think a one of them could come in lower. Just with this idea of everyone wanting to jam the top three running backs. I mean, it, it is easy to play Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and uh, and Dalvin Cook if you want to with all the 3K wide receivers. So I have a feeling that that's still the direction most people are going to go. I think, who is it? Is Lattimore? Lattimore's out. Um, so everyone's going to probably get more excited about Devontae Adams. A little weather concerns in Buffalo. Although I was talking with Kevin Roth, he doesn't think it's actually going to be anything we need to adjust for. So maybe Tyree Kill here at 8,200, um, maybe he ends up going a little a little lower than this uh, relative to this if you're looking to get in one of those studs. Um, but this sweet spot down here for me is this Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore. Like these look like some of the best tournament plays because I just think in general people are going to be getting funneled toward studs and duds constructions. Um, so living in this mid range and I was similarly, I was looking at this for running back over here. So we got the big three, Derek Henry, obviously looking nice. And then I think my three favorite tournament plays, um, I've been looking at Aaron Jones really like Jonathan Taylor in that game, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So these are the ones I'm starting to kind of galaxy brain myself onto i think the jonathan taylor dk metcalf little mini correlation is one of my favorite right now um over at tight end kyle pitts uh being the mega chalk i don't think i'm gonna eat any pitts chalk uh today he's obviously a great play but i think at that ownership it's a little rich um and i think you can live down in this tier the hawkinson the fant the logan thomas if you're trying to an access a ceiling without you know, the heavy ownership. Um, but I think in general, I'm wanting to just correlate the tight end um, with my quarterback. So I've been looking at, you know, I, I really want to play a Russ Wilson stack. And I think I'm going to toss in Gerald Everett. I I think I want to play a Burrow stack. I might just toss in uh, CJ Uzoma, which again, I know it's, it's not fun and sexy. Uh, but if I'm not getting up to a ceiling guy, I'm just worried about correlation there we have everyone rolling in ao cheers alan cheers good morning good morning guys um yeah i i kind of like derrick henry it's hard because if if aj brown comes in at under 10 percent, i'd just rather play aj brown because i do want to do if i if, I, if i'm jamming rondell more i want a little mini correlation there uh I think either AJ Brown or Derrick Henry, if they're both around 10% is great. If AJ was creeping up more to like 15 or 20, then I think you just definitely go to Derrick Henry. If you're looking to play a Titan, um, but he, he is a good tournament play. He, he is going to be the one that gets forgotten there. Highest over under on the slate, ton of points. Uh, I think he, he is a very good tournament play. This is the beauty about DFS to, <laughs> to be back to uh, we can play all the guys that we faded all year in season long. I'm sorry, Casey. I poured my coffee before I went live. So there's no coffee ASMR for you guys today, but I'll, you want me to give you just like a, a little sip ASMR? 
I don't normally slurp like that, but I felt like I had to give you something because you want coffee noises. Just have over 20% Brown, Julio, and Henry each like me. Yeah, you got, I've been, I'm, I'm trying to reel it in a little bit this week. A uh, lot going on. So only a few lineups for me. Um, I want to join y'all's DFS tribe, if that's okay, for sure. We would love to have you. Uh, so basically, uh, if you guys become a YouTube member, uh, the hand builder in Opto Bros tier, you get access to the Run the Sims private channel in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. We will also be here. I can throw up my uh, my full schedule for you here on the side. Um, we'll be here Mondays uh, for lineup review, 10 a.m. tomorrow. We can tilt my spy lineup, which, thank God, last time we uh, talked, DraftKings hadn't released a spy. They did release a $100 spy. I think it might have filled up by now. I'll also have a weekly Deposit Kingdom tournament. I made that too small this week. It filled. You can hop in that. Uh, and the other way to get access to that Discord is by just becoming a Run the Sims member. You can get 10% off on any of their tools with promo code Pete, and you also get free access to that private channel as well. Am I still drunk or is your hair black? I've been told I have blonde hair. Uh, I don't think my hair is black. I know it's kind of off topic, but what's your flair, favorite player prop you're hitting today? I, I just tweeted about this. I took uh, I took Mike Davis uh, over uh, – I think I got a bad line on uh, an offshore because I don't have access to the DK, but if you can get it around 13.5 or 14.5 receiving yards, I like Mike Davis uh, over receiving there. Yes, I, I I can't do I can't do the FanDuel's. Uh, I, I love the DraftKings. So yes, we'll be talking uh, DraftKings. What's the best way to leverage the Atlanta? Is Atlanta going to be very high owned for defense? Um, I I they weren't on my radar as a. Oh, we don't have the projected own. Let me see what uh our boys over at ETR have the defensive ownership at here. I didn't I didn't know the Falcons were going to be super popular. Oh, sorry. Yeah, at at the 2000 at the so I mean, I think the way to play it is to play Ridley or um you know, play it through the passing game, not through pits. I mean, Russell Gage is honestly probably uh one of the better leverage spots, but that's so gross. For defense, I just think you get you get off the wall uh a bit. There's just no reason to eat chalk. At defense, uh, I built a lineup where I did get up to the Panthers. I think because salary is so loose, this is a week to get up a little higher at defense because everyone's going to be concentrated on the kind of studs and duds build and then going down at defense. So you're going to see the Falcons, the Bills, the Texans, the Jets. So if you can get up to the Broncos, if you can get up to the Panthers, I really like that as well. Uh, I think bills are going to be very popular uh, as well. Um, let's see here. Yes, the Pick'em games are very sweet on Underdog. They have a full uh, set of those. I have to dig into those uh, after the show here today. Um, yeah, the lines are moving on those, uh, but if you can get them earlier, wow, 273 all the way up to 311. I think KC DST is a good call as well uh i think 
it's one of those things where people naturally shy away from the super high total games for defense because they they're worried that you know they're gonna their defense is gonna give up a ton of points. But we know that uh, those high scoring game environments are where we can get lots of pick sixes, turnovers, all kinds of that. Um, do you prefer Croft or Conklin? I'm, I'm Team Croft. I, I my, my I think Conklin's gonna be more of a blocking tight end. That's always been his profile. I'm sure he'll have a little role in the red zone, but if I'm looking to try to rack up some catches on DraftKings, I think Tyler Croft is is the the play over Conklin for me. Now Liam's back. Liam's back to his old ways, touting the Bills. Yes. Liam has a contrarian brain, except when it comes to Buffalo, in which case he's willing to eat the chalk. Yeah, you could do Olamide as well. Um, I haven't put Keenan or McLaurin into a lineup. I do have a Logan Thomas, uh, lineup right now. Let's look at, um, just kind of some of the optimal lineups right now. I always think that's a very helpful thing as far as seeing, you know, what players might be, uh, going under the radar relative to their projection. It is very interesting to see Devonta Smith up here at 40%. I believe he was the cover boy for our, our friends over at ETR the uh, uh, for their uh, flag plant or whatever. So Devonta Smith is going to be one of those guys where because he's not the Elijah Moore, the Rondell Moore, the Marvin Jones, like the Marquez Callaway, the obvious uh, value plays, I think he – is a very, very good tournament play and clearly backed up here by how frequently he's showing up in the Sims as well. Uh, Joe Mixon is the other guy I think that a lot of people are going to gravitate to if they don't try to jam all three of those guys in. But you can just see right here by these overall constructions and uh, how the optimizer is doing it is just completely punting at wide receiver. It is interesting that the optimizer is uh jamming George Kittle here uh and also jamming uh quarterback. There's just so much flexibility at it. I still think uh in general though people will be going down to pits. Uh so maybe there's some nice uh you know leverage there at, at George Kittle just because I think if people are sacrificing a spot where they can't you know go high priced at every position, I could see it being tight end just because everyone's so excited about pits there. Um, not a ton of contrarian options to pivot to at 4 p.m. If shit, if shit goes nuts, Aaron Jones, Baker Stacks, all I've been getting. Yeah, uh, I like leaving myself, you know, some flexibility um, with the 4 p.m. games. I do like Aaron Jones and CEH as running back pivots. And the, the thing that makes it hard is like you would want to set up a, a 2v2 for that game. So because one of the things I'm thinking about is, can you leave a placeholder for Alvin Kamara in your flex? And then if you're ahead, if, you're, if your 1 p.m. games are crushing, you let Alvin Kamara ride. And if you're behind or you're getting buried, then you pivot Alvin Kamara to a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or, uh, or Aaron Jones. I guess you could also pivot to Tyreek Hill. I'm just not sure how much extra you know, ownership discount you're going to be getting on him. It'll obviously be a discount relative to Kamara's ownership, but maybe not enough to catch up if you're really, really behind. Um, I think that's the harder thing. I just don't have a ton of other 
I would say wide receivers in the mid range where you can set up that two V two, you know, I guess you could be looking at like a Kamara Landry that you can then pivot, uh, to CEH Aaron Jones and then another, you know, higher end wide receiver. I was really looking forward to playing Pitts, but the ownership is just so rough. I I can't I can't bring myself to play Pitts this week. I I don't think he's a good tournament play. Uh when we have so much unknown about his role, about this how this offense is going to look, I I mean we think we know but he's still a rookie. There's a lot of projection going into it. And we know tight ends in general have one of the most variants uh, at the position. So to me, a, a super chalky rookie tight end in his first career game is an easy fade. Could he bury us? Absolutely. But we must TTP trust the process. Think the full chief stack comes in under owned. I think so. I mean, I think you just have to be really careful with how you do it because I, I assume you're talking about a premium with, if you go Mahomes, Hill, uh, and Kelsey, uh, I think that's a lot of salary to use on three positions. I would probably prefer to go down from either one of Hill or Kelsey to CEH or Hardman and get one of the cheaper secondary guys in your stack, I think would be my way way to do it. Maybe you, um, if you go like Mahomes, CEH, Kelsey, and then you bring it back with like an Austin Hooper, I think the, uh, Odell Beckham situation is kind of interesting. Uh, they say he's going to be good to go. They have to test it out in warmups though. It's a little bit of a mixed bag messaging wise, because he still hasn't done any full contact uh, practices or anything. Uh, but he also has said that he looked great uh, all through the off season. So I don't know if Odell Beckham is a guy that you want to hang your hat on. And so for bringbacks, I think that becomes pretty interesting. Then uh, I know people were mentioning Donovan people's Jones. Uh, I like him, but I'd probably just prefer to play Hooper and punt it off there. Maybe Landry or if you uh, you want to get funky with one of the running backs. Yeah. Kareem Hunt, definitely uh, negative game script. Kareem Hunt versus the Chiefs. I think that's a, a very, very viable bring back. Um, other names kind of standing out here for me uh, in these optimal lineups. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, LaVisca here. If we go back to the player pool here and we look at our Jags wide receivers, let me sort by this projected ownership. Uh, I think Marvin Jones is going to end up being higher than this. Um, but LaVisca is looking pretty nice, pretty, pretty nice. And also Chark. I think both of these guys are awesome pivots off of Marvin Jones. And if I do it, I'm probably doing it as a one-off. Uh, I'm probably not doing a mini correlation with the Texans because it's just it's just so gross. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a mega leverage play, Trevor Lawrence double stack with Visca and Shark. I mean, Shark especially at this 5,800, I think is just going to go completely overlooked. And we still have that dynamic right now. I was talking about this with Leone on Friday where we're still kind of anchored to our whole kind of like season long sentiments. And a lot of these I think will carry over to week one. You know, if DJ chart comes out and has a 25% target share or whatever, then we'll just 
you know, readjust on, in week two. But for now, everyone has still been on, down on DJ Chark just because of those early offseason reports. He was playing small. Uh, Marvin Jones looking good in preseason. Everyone excited about Visca. So if you're wanting to get contrarian with the Jags, uh, DJ Chark would be a nice way to do it. Ricky, I've been putting Landry in my flex and leaving that option to go down if I have to in the afternoon for my chief stacks. Yeah, I that's that I think is a, a really nice way to do it. How much is Landry here? Um, why is Landry not in here? There he is. Six thousand. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think like a two v two you could do here, um, you know if you had like uh, you know if you really needed to get contrarian here with a Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Jarvis Landry, um, I think that could be something you could get contrarian off of if you are trying to go with, you know the Kamara, in there. I guess the question is who would be that other you know two v two pairing? Does that work out salary rise if you went Kamara Hardman? off of off of those two moster um so i'm a little worried he's getting a a bit trendy as a tournament play i feel like i keep hearing him mentioned as the tournament pivot um and i think i was looking at both him and gibson and i feel like they're going to be the kind of quintessential pivots for gpp bros and so i'm not knowing if I really want to live in that range. And that's why I've been kind of gravitating up to this Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, CEH as kind of my personal running back pivots. Um, but I think you can see down here, um, projected on, we got him at 6% right now. Gibson is going to catch the majority of the heat here. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Mostert's a bad play. I, I saw Adam took uh, the prop on him under 16 touches. I think, I think with so many options this week and the fact that he's trending a little popular as a GPP play, I, I don't love him, but he could definitely get there. Um, he could definitely get there. But if he's in a like even a 60-40 split with Trey Sermon and he's catching a little bit of ownership, it's not my favorite spot because there's just so many other running backs where you can even get guaranteed touches, more of a workload, uh, and also flying under the radar a little more. But I, I don't mind him. I mean, he's explosive. It's such a juicy matchup. We know they're going to run a ton. We know they're not going to let Jimmy Garoppolo sling it around. Uh, so I don't mind it. So my favorite game stack uh, right now is the Seahawks. I I love uh, how all of the uh, stack options are setting up for this game. Let me pull it up here. So we have Seattle in Indianapolis here. Uh I'm not playing it through the Colts, through Wentz, even though he's supposed to be good. But Russ Wilson, double stacks. Uh, I prefer DK Metcalf and Everett. If you want to go with Lockett uh, and Everett, you can. I think this week the salary is also light enough that you could also just go with uh, – you could just premium double stack it with Metcalf and Lockett. Um, and then on the bringbacks, I love Jonathan Taylor. I mean, at this price tag, no one's going to play Jonathan Taylor. No one. Naheem Hines signs a three-year extension. Everyone's already saying goodbye to Jonathan Taylor's, uh, you know, receiving role. Uh, I think he's a great, great uh, tournament pivot because the play here is just that this game goes crazy, right? You're making a bet on that. Uh, what is it? Xavier Rhodes is out for the Colts. 
the whole narrative this offseason has been that the Seahawks are going to play more up tempo with Shane Waldron. You know, if if you maintain those, you know, if that's your thesis, I think uh, this game has a really good chance to go over. And then I also like Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell as a bring back as well. And I've been even messing with different combos of a lineup where I have Jonathan Taylor as my Colts bring back and one with Pittman as my Colts bring back. Uh, and then Everett, I think, is just a really nice guy to toss in with Russell Wilson. It's just simple correlation. If Russell goes nuclear, uh, then I think Gerald Everett is probably going to come along for the ride there. There's a little bit of a concern uh, based on preseason usage that he might be in a little bit more of a split with Will Disley, they were kind of splitting snaps, but I'm still confident that Everett is going to be the guy there, that he's going to be the one with a more defined red zone role. So I'm still excited about Everett and think he's a guy who could be priced up very quickly this season uh, if if his role in this offense is what I think it would be. Dan Pete, sound like you playing uh, nobody. Everyone is too high owned. I mean, I just talked about the guys I'm, uh, I like, uh, I am not going to be eating hardly any chalk this week. I think this is, I, I don't play cash games, so that makes it very easy. And I don't think I'm sacrificing that much projected points to get unique. I just do not think this is the week to eat much cat, uh, chalk. I even had a Christian McCaffrey lineup. I, who, who's going to say anything bad about Christian McCaffrey, but, uh, I think this is the week to get contrarian. We're making lots and lots of assumptions. People have, you know, gravitated on these plays. Um, and we still have so much unknown. Take advantage of that uh, with equally great plays that are just going to be completely underowned relative to the other ones. Like everyone is going to gravitate to Joe Mixon. I mean, I, I don't know why he is so much of a better play than a CEH or an Aaron Jones. Like I get on paper why why the projections are driving that direction, but as far as ceiling, and then you're going to give me a huge ownership discount, to me, that's that's where I want to be living at least week one. Obviously, that starts to change. When we get more data points, we get more confidence about these guys' roles. Right now, everyone's making an assumption about Joe Mixon that because Gio's gone, uh, that he's going to have this more robust third down role. And, and that is probably the most likely outcome, but it's still a fragile you know, projection and assumption that we're making. So I don't know. My one piece of advice would be push outside your comfort zone this week if you're playing tournaments because there's so much opportunity to be had with the field concentrating on a similar construction, studs and duds with stud running backs and concentrating around those specific running backs. So say you even don't want to flip the build. Say you still want to go stud running backs. Do that through some contrarian plays. Go with Derrick Henry up top. Go with Jonathan Taylor up top. You're still getting access to that monster ceiling, but at a fourth, a fifth, a sixth of the ownership. Yeah, this was what I was just talking about. Yeah, um, I don't think you have to flip it that much. I think those guys are fine, but probably thin on this slate. That's why I wouldn't mind, you know, if you want to go down to a cheap running back who is going to catch some ownership, but you're at least flipping the build to me, that would be Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson at 5,900. He's just a teeny bit too popular, uh, on my tape for my taste. But if you are just flipping the build, I mean, talk about a guy that has the insane ceiling. I think people have gotten spooked rightfully so because of JD McKissick's, uh, pass work in the preseason. But the encouraging thing for Antonio Gibson was, 
he wasn't playing the third downs, but they were throwing him the ball on the early downs. And I think that's the nice thing is it, it would be concerning if it was like last year where he was just in a rushing role. And that's where you get, he get he becomes very fragile, but at 5,900, if he's catching five to six balls at this price point and getting the goal line work, as we all expect, I mean, that's really, really nice here. And then the question here is the ownership 18.6. I like looking at, uh, comparing the ownership here. I want to see what our ETR friends have Gibson at. They have Gibson at around the same 17%. So he's going to be popular, but I, I think your thought of flipping the build is good. The thing I think we might see is a lot of people, uh, what's the term soft flipping the build where they might go down at one running back and up at one wide receiver. So maybe you see lots of Devonte Adams and Antonio Gibson where people think they're flipping the build but everyone is thinking that and doing the same mini flip. I think you want to maybe get down to two of those cheap guys, or I think my way of playing it, like I've mentioned is being in the more mid tier contrarian for running backs. And I think that's really where most of the leverage is going to come living in that mid tier for wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, living there for the running backs, CEH, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. So that's kind of where I'm thinking the most leverage is going to come. I think Jalen Waddle is a very good call. Preston Williams is unlikely to play. Earlier, uh, a few weeks ago, the team uh, was listing Jakeem Grant as their starting slot wide receiver. I expect Grant and Wilson to split some time uh, with then Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker playing almost all the snaps. So, I mean, we, we talk about everyone getting confident in a couple of rookies in Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore. Uh, I think Jalen Waddell and to a lesser extent, Terrace Marshall, because I'm just a little less confident about his target volume out of the gate. I think those guys are great plays. I mean, Jalen Waddell is very explosive, has the same, you know, extremely high draft capital. So again, those are the, those are the great pivots. I, I, I know in my heart of hearts, I should not play Rondell Moore. I, I should be playing a Jalen Waddle or a Devonta Smith because you're getting, you know, similar projected touches for, for way less ownership. So yeah, I think Jalen Waddle is a great call. Um, let's see here. What am I seeing? Wouldn't Hines be the ideal guy in a bring back here chasing Seahawks in the passing game? I mean, one thing I don't want, it's it's very hard to, to project game scripts. And I actually think like Jonathan Taylor isn't Nick Chubb. He, he's still going to be used in the passing game. He's not Derrick Henry where he's going to get game scripted out. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was a very good pass catcher. Yeah, I think it was last year, week one, he took the screen pass to the house. So I'm less concerned about that. I think Hines is a little thin, uh, but if if you want to take the route of projecting, you know, a Seattle um, uh, a route, then I think Hines could be the guy. The way I'm playing it, because if I'm playing the Russ double stack, I'm kind of am projecting a game script, and that is the Colts get out with a lead on the ground, and then it's Russ coming back, uh, or the whole game shoots out. So. Uh, I think on paper, I see what you're saying. I, I think you don't have to do that uh, this week. I think I'm only going to do two, maybe three. We're also going to be making ours for the tilt space. So similar to last year, I'm going to play my single entry contest. I'll probably have two to three lineups. I'm in the spy. I'm in a 75 and um, 
uh, I maxed, uh, did some small three max. So I'll probably make two to three on my own. And then for the tilt space, uh, after the show, we're going to go build some of our lineups and then we'll have probably another three to four with the tilt space. So, uh, that's another plug, by the way, this year, if you guys didn't hear tilt space, will be on establish the runs, YouTube channel. We'll be going live around 6 PM or so Mike Leone, Joe Hulk, and I, if any of our other friends have a good sweat, we'll bring them on very much looking forward to running that show back again this year. And, uh, we will fill you guys in on our lineups for those as well. With playing only GPPs, have you managed to have your bankroll grow consistently? So uh, last year uh, was my best DFS year ever. I think I cleared a little over 10K, mostly thanks to uh, one or two big weeks. Um, but yeah, so I the way I think about my bankroll is I am just focusing it from a tournament perspective. I'm going to, you know, say the spy, say I brick, you know, 17 weeks this year. Um that's $1,700 down the drain, I'm prepared to lose that money. So I don't really think of how I play DFS as trying to slowly grind up a role. I think if I were doing that, I would be playing more cash games. I'd be playing more, you know, five man, 10 mans, you know, stuff to really kind of chip up. I'm, I'm, I'm fully transparent. I'm just hunting for the big scores. I'm trying to get first place in these tournaments. And I know that that money I set aside, uh, if I lose, then it's gone. I think of it like poker chips. You buy into a tournament. Those are your chips you're, you know, to go to battle with. And you use those to your best of your ability. And if it's gone, it's gone. At least you gave yourself a chance to win. So it's just kind of a philosophical tweak based on what your specific goals are. Mine are try to take down a, a top-heavy prize. And so I think my play skews a little bit more aggressive and contrarian. And then you just hope that you end up running well. You get that one big score. You know, Blender talks about this. Blender had a very big, I think he won uh, the $9 tournament last year. It was his one massive week. It pay, it covers your whole year as a tournament player if you can get that one thing. So that was the mistake I used to make um, two years ago when I was an awful DFS player. And I was, I was basically hedging. I was like, oh, I want to play some chalk here. I don't have the confidence to put in a really contrarian lineup because I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to brick out. And when you middle it, that's where you really get in trouble. Uh, so I think you got to be willing to lose knowing that when you are right, you get paid off in a big week. Uh, I'll do another plug. Last year, I do my Friday DFS strategy show. Last year, I compiled those uh, the best tips that I got from those into a single video. And the number one tip was from Jonathan Bales. And one thing that stuck in my head that he said was, we are trying to win on the low scoring weeks, which seems counterintuitive because we're all trying to score a ton of points. But really what that means is when the chalk fails, that means the overall scoring across the player pool is much lower and you're sneaking by those guys because all the popular plays failed. And it means you don't even have to be that right. You just have to be slightly more right than the chalk. So you give yourself two ways to win, the chalk failing or your contrarian plays really hitting. And so I think that's the way I have really been thinking about DFS. How much Browns D will I have? I do not believe I will have any Browns D. But if we're getting into mega leverage uh, territory, that that's how you do it. Austin Eckler with no one playing him. I think it's viable. Uh, he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday. He did practice Friday. Sounds like he is going to be good to go. Um, he's another guy where there's a little uncertainty about his role. I mean, we were talking about this all best ball season. You know, if you knew Austin Eckler was going to get goal line carries, he'd be the 103. 
after McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey and Kamara. Um, I think they're with his injury, the potential for him to be on a little bit of a pitch count and not get goal line carries. I don't necessarily see like the monster ceiling, but I, I don't think he's a bad play. Also, Washington defense is going to be pretty good, but yeah, no one is. I don't think anyone's going to play Eckler. He's always going to have a decent floor because of the pass catching, but not my, my primary way of going that. This is what I've been thinking about all morning because I've been looking at both of those guys and I think they're such similar plays. Um, only $200 difference. You're both getting leverage on the Devonte Adams and the Tyreek Hill ownership. Um, I think I'd like just maybe prefer CEH just because of that game environment. Um, you know, the 54 and a half uh, over under here, you're getting an extra five point better game environment than Green Bay, New Orleans. Uh, but I like both of those guys. Me too, Alan. I am very, very excited. It is going to be a, a great year. Like I said, we'll be back uh, with the tilt space at 630 uh, or 6 or 630 tonight, depending on how those games are shaking out. And then I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. to review my spy lineup. Um, the over on Jalen Waddle was 35 and a half yards. Yeah, that seems pretty nice. When, I, when you say mid-range uh, running backs, which one are you looking at? Yeah, I'm saying, so when we look at, I'll sort here by ownership. So you can see right here, uh, Alvin Kamara, 86, Dalvin Cook, 91, McCaffrey, 95. Um, I think those are the guys that are going to be uh, very popular. And then you, you're talking mid-range at low ownership. That's where I'm looking at Derrick Henry. I'm looking at Aaron Jones. I saw someone mention Chase Edmonds in the chat. I do think if you're going to get really cheap, that's the way to do it. Uh, Dink talked about this in his uh, GPP leverage article um, about just getting access to the less popular guys in the best game environments. So, you know, the Julio, the Derrick Henry, and the Chase Edmonds in that game, uh, I think that makes sense. But yeah, in general, I'm saying, you know, I would say like six to 7,500 or 8,000. Uh, as far as mid-range running backs. Sorry, guys, I'm trying to catch up on the chat. Are you using Run the Sims over Established to Run this year for lineup building and ownership? Oh, no, I'm on both team Run the Sims and ETR. Run the Sims, uh, I'm using all of their tools. And for ownership, I like to compare. I like to get lots of different inputs. Um, I'll even check in on Roto Grinders. I'll check in on uh, Osimos. I like to see kind of where the overall industry is at and kind of, you know, picking off some of my blind spots here, but run the Sims is where I'm living here for my screener, for my tools, um, being able to see the projected ceiling here, being able to see the opto rate, the boom rate, all of this stuff. Um, oh, and I forgot to even throw on my color scale, uh, here. This is very helpful for me, um, to kind of go back. Like, again, this is, this was my process last year that I streamlined. I mean, I'm often sorting by ceiling because I'm thinking about this exclusively through a GPP lens. And then I'm comparing it to projected ownership and where I can be getting a massive ceiling at low own. So that's where, you know, I see here, okay, Derrick Henry, 10%. I'm getting access to the fourth highest ceiling on the slate. I go down to Jonathan Taylor here. I'm getting a top 10 ceiling at the slate at a 3.9% ownership. So those are the plays that really stick out to me. And it makes sense. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has an inflated price tag you know, relative to some of these guys who have a safer projected workload, but we know the ceiling is there. So just the combination 
of looking at projected ceiling versus ownership is just one of the most simplistic but easy ways to find undervalued spots uh, for tournaments. And we can go over here and do this for wide receiver as well. We're sorted by projected ceiling. We look down here, A.J. Brown, 8.8%, McLaurin, 6.2%, Justin Jefferson, 85 DK Metcalf, 9.1%. I think all of those guys are really sharp. And then I'm trying to triangulate it, right? Where can I get correlation within my contrarian play? So that's how I settle on a DK Metcalf and Jonathan Taylor. Both guys popping as high ceiling, low owned guys. I get the game mini correlation. Now we're starting to cook. Uh, you can do that with, say, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins as well. Uh, T. Higgins isn't popping in here with as high of a ceiling. Uh, this is one of my little IKBs. I know better. I think T. Higgins is going to be a monster this year. I think he's going to be have a great week one game. I also like Tyler Boyd. Um, but yeah, so that's how I'm I'm generally using this information. It's it's honestly honestly nothing too groundbreaking or fancy. But when you think about our own lineups, it's so easy for us to get anchored to the chalk. We we always want to play the best plays. So just using a simple screener like this to kind of like slap yourself silly and remind yourself, hey, these guys do have the ceiling, and the field has decided they're not going to carry the same level of ownership. Um. That's awesome to hear, Ben. I'm very excited uh, for us all to have big years. I think we're going to have uh, a very big uh, 2021 around here. Harb's got his underdog hat uh, from our 12 days of best ball giveaway. Congratulations, Harb's. Nick, Tilt Space, amazing content. It is going to be fun. We, we got to get a big win here. Last year, we had a huge win in week six. And then I think it was kind of rough sledding after that. Um, but that's the tournament life. You know, uh, you can be really good. I'm not I'm not saying I'm really good. I'm saying in general, you could be really, really good and still brick out for 17 weeks. That that is that is possible. Uh I'm I don't want to admit that that's possible, but I, I think I have to. So we're gonna do our best. The whole point is to put ourselves into profiting in a big way when we are right. The optimal meal to have for the first NFL Sunday. Wow. Um I'm I'm a big nachos guy. Uh I could go for some uh for some nachos. I could go for some wings. I guess that's pretty cliche. Um I'm not hungry right now. So it's hard for me to really kind of wrap my head around this. I normally wait with my with my uh internet intermittent fasting and I'll get starving by about 2:30 and then make very poor uh food decisions here. But I, I think some dressed nachos or as Dink would want, individually dressed nachos. Elijah Rondell, um as I was kind of talking through here earlier, I think going to uh, neither of them is actually the smart tournament play. I prefer Rondell because I think he's going to have uh, a little less ownership and that game environment is going to be very, very nice. Uh, but I think if you want to be a true GPP bro, play Jalen Waddle, play Devonta Smith. You cannot um, change run the Sims based on field size for ownership. And frankly, I don't know anywhere where you can do that. I think that's kind of like one of the final frontiers of DFS projection is being able to adjust it. But I would say a couple just simple rules of thumb is the smaller the contest or the higher the stakes, you know, generally both, the more ownership is going to concentrate. The, the higher stakes, smaller field guys gravitate around the best plays. So when you look at Alvin Kamara, most projection sites for ownership do it around uh, large field tournament stuff. So if we see Kamara here at 27%, I'm going to guess like in the Thunderdome, right, where there's only 25, 30 people, Kamara could be 55, 60%. 
So you have to kind of think about it as a sliding scale and know that this is kind of starting out for large field millimaker. So let's say the spy, when I see 22% owned rather here for Alvin Kamara, um, I, I'm assuming this is millimaker level ownership in the spy. I'm going to guess he's going to come in around 35%. So I'm making kind of a manual boost in one direction or the other. And then on the flip side of that, I think some of the more mid tier ownership guys who will catch a little more ownership in the millimaker, like an Antonio Gibson, I think is honestly a good example of a guy that's probably going to catch a little more ownership in large field stuff than the small field. And I could be wrong on that, but just that idea of the field concentrating more heavily around the best plays means some of the mid-tier ownership actually gets pressed down. So that's generally how I think about that. Um, yes, let's uh, let's talk over there, and then I and then I am going to have to uh, head out. Uh, I need to wrap up the newsletter once inactives come out. But I did want to check over and look at the. Uh, tournament strategy over here for the owners club. So if you guys don't know what this is, uh, our friends over at OTM own the moment, they launched this new NFT meets DFS game. Uh, I realize not everyone is playing it, but I do think it is very fun for strategy. So I do want to mention it a little bit. Basically how they're doing this contest is you could buy packs and cards and these have the individual, um, or the positional groups for each team. So there's no individual players. Uh, they don't want to get sued. So this is how you do it. Um, but it actually adds an interesting strategy element to it um, because some teams benefit from having their entire position groups relative to the individual guys. I mean, we were talking earlier about Raheem Mostert and uh, Trey Sermon. Well, in this contest, you don't have to worry about it. If you play the 49ers as your running back slot, I think uh, you are uh, going to be in very good shape and you don't have to worry about that. So that's one dynamic. As far as this week, because we don't have the marketplace open, um, I think there is some interesting strategies and I actually might go and tweak. I think if you were fortunate enough to be able to stack, uh, I think you want to take advantage of that because if people mostly have random packs and weren't able to go and pick out their ideal starting lineups, they're probably going to have more of an uncorrelated hodgepodge here. You can see here I have Prescott, or uh, rather the Cowboys uh, quarterback. I have Titans running back, Seahawks receivers, Kansas City tight end, and Rams D. So this is like an all-star lineup, but it's uncorrelated because I just had random moments in my pack. So I think if you have smart correlation, um, lean into that. I think I did build another one. I do have my third lineup here. I had a couple of uh, Philadelphia QB. And so I also tossed in my Philly tight end with this one. Um, also you can see here, I've been doing a little, uh, correlation with my defense and my running back, Seattle running back, Seattle defense here, dolphins D dolphins running back. So that would be my one week. One thought would be lean into correlation because it'll be more of an edge this week before people can seek out the correlation more easily in the open sea marketplace. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I know that they're still working with open sea to get that secondary trading going, but you guys can set your lineups. Now, if you haven't done that, you go over to contests here, you can hit register. I've already submitted my three entries here and you can go around and, uh, tweak these as well. Joker thoughts on running back. Yeah, I mean, I would honestly think about it like um, we were thinking about tournament strategy for uh, DraftKings, where 
I assume, um, and th I think this will actually come into play more once people can hand select stuff because most people are just sitting on what they were dealt. You're just going to play your best card. Like Titans running back is my best card. So I'm playing it. But I think in future weeks, a lot of people are going to gravitate around the top plays, the top 10 or so plays. And then if you can live in that range of like the 11th best play, the 12th best play, where there's not that much difference in projected points relative to say plays five through eight, teams five through eight, that's where you can really get unique. So I think having a very contrarian mindset, surprise, surprise, is the way to go with this. But this week, I would just focus on uh, correlation as much as possible. It is, I believe it's, I believe it's half point PPR. Almost positive it's half point PPR. I think. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, as I said, I'm going to get going here. Uh, please do come and hang out in the Run the Sims channel within the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Like I said, if you sub to Run the Sims 10% off, message me and I'll manually add you into that channel. You get that for free with your subscription with promo code P. If you aren't able to pony up for the Run the Sims subs yet, but you want to be a part of that Discord conversation, you can uh, become a member down below. If you are already a Club VIP member for Club Top Shot, you can upgrade that membership. I think it's two extra dollars, three extra dollars a month, and then you get access to all of those private channels. So that's where I'm going to be hanging out at noon. We'll, we can do any final decisions. We can post some screenshots of lineups, see what we're thinking. And also, I should mention here, um, let me pull up my underdog thing, bottom left. This promo ends tomorrow. <laughs> underdog has made the decision that they are done giving out 25 free dollars on underdog. Um, they have all kinds of game types going on. I've been doing the, uh, the Royal rumbles. Um, I've been doing the pick them games. So if you want your $25, sign up minimum deposits, $10, you get $25 bonus. This is going away on the 13th. It's then going to be a $10 deposit for $10. So if you want that free $25, now is the time to do it. I appreciate you guys. I will be at Tilt Space at six tonight, and then we'll be back tomorrow morning to review the winning lineup or for me to cry. And Casey, just for you, I'll make sure to get some better coffee ASMR tomorrow. All right. Good luck, guys. Good luck, hand builders. Let's win these GPPs. Yeah.